Welcome to the Clothing Room Podcast. Clothing Room has a mission to be the global technology platform for luxury fashion. On this podcast, you'll be connecting with emergent designers and influencers all around the world. Follow us on Instagram at clothingroom.mtl for fashion tips and to be notified when a new podcast goes live. Feel free to check out our website at clothingroom.ca for blogs and designer interviews. We hope you enjoy the podcast and thank you for listening. Hello. There we go. There he is. How are we doing? Elf on a walk. I'm actually just walking over to where I'm setting up. I didn't like the sun was going to be behind me the whole time. Uh, oh, nice, nice. It looks and really nice out, though. It, it is one of those few not gray days in New England, so we'll take it. Yeah. I'm actually at a parking lot on my campus because it has better cell reception than my apartment, so I figured, <laughs> why not? <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> awesome, man. Are we good to get started? Or? We are now. All awesome. right. Appreciate you for taking the time, man. I'm, I'm happy to be here. This is such a fun opportunity. Definitely, man. All right, man. So how did you get interested in fashion? So I think it started for a lot of people like me with shoes. Um, they were like a decent price range, a good entry point. Um, but then the real kicker was Supreme. Uh, when I was like 13 and 14, I started flipping that for like, you know, flipping it for like, you know, 10 bucks here, 20 bucks there. Um, these sunglasses are actually from when I was 13 and I haven't lost them. It's my biggest accomplishment. Um, but other than that, like, it was really just shoes and Supreme that kind of got me in that door. Awesome. So it start, started off a little more on the hype side. A hundred percent. I yeah. still have like seven of the Supreme tees just oh because gosh. like I can't get rid of them. Like I won't, I won't wear them for fit picks. I won't wear them in general, but like. I know. I was it. just thinking. I was like, I can't even like based on what I've seen on your page. I can't even imagine you wearing Supreme now. So I'm like, this is a bit funny that you still have some stuff. But I mean, I know a lot of people who got into fashion that way. Like it's it, it's just it's our generation, right? Like it was a big deal, especially when we were around that age. So definitely understandable. Yeah, I feel Yo, less guilty saying how other people did it too. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, it's gonna be wild though in like 20 years when you post up and like archive Supreme. Yeah, when I when I pulled that one tee that sat for three weeks and I got it on the sale rack, like and everyone's be like, "Oh shit, you did that!" But it's a little bit gross, but it's a little bit cool, just like archive fashion is. So yeah, yeah, right. Oh man, well, I hope Supreme never falls into archive fashion. I really hope that doesn't ever like blend. <laughs> that would be hilarious to see, though. Yo, archive logo. I what think Dave might be looking forward to that. Oh. He said facts. <laughs> Yo, for the Supreme shirts, you got to use that for a pit pick at least once. You should have done on April Fool's. <laughs> so, I was, after, after uh, Josh did the, um, the April Fool's one, I was like, I really should have just, like, gone all out. But, like, I would have wanted, like, vape sweatpants to throw in there, and I never would have dropped the money on vape sweatpants. So, it was kind of like a... A little bit of a lost cause at that point. And he also, yeah. like, did it way better than I probably could have on that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you had the tease. He, what did he have? He had a bag or something, right? I think he had, like, the waist bag or, like, the hip bag. Or just... oh. <laughs> I remember I wanted one of those. I was like, yo, this is so cool. I'm going to get one. And then, like, two weeks later, I'm like, nah. Stop. 
It would definitely be a dust collector for me. On it, yeah. They're pretty small as well. You can't even hold anything. Yeah, I, I really, other than like, and my water bottles are like, what, you know, 32 ounces and, you know, reusable. So they're not going to fit in one of those stupid waste bags. I would need yeah. like a backpack. Exactly. <laughs> you have like a toothpick in there and that's about it. <laughs> a toothpick and one stick of gum. Yeah. <laughs> the essentials. Yo, Brett's got the holy trinity here. Anti-social club hoodie, bait pants, 350s, off-white belt, tied so tight around my thigh that I lose circulation. That's 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 how you get likes on Instagram, man. We're just behind with the times. We need to start you doing that, and then our everything will blow up, and it'll be great. We're officially old. We don't wear off-white belts anymore, or ever, in my case. <laughs> <laughs> done that either, so. Roddy. Thanks, man. <laughs> um... Wait, so you're in, you're in Massachusetts right now, is that correct? Yep, one of my last few days up here. Oh, man, where are you moving? So my family's actually based out of Pennsylvania. Uh, I'm actually just in Massachusetts for school, and I just graduated, like, at the end of last week, so I'm happy to be heading home, heading back to a more familiar part of the country. Good wow. stuff. Uh, has living in, like, Pennsylvania, like, growing up in Pennsylvania, or has, like, living in Massachusetts shaped, Massachusetts, excuse me, shaped your style in any way? Um, I'd say yes. I'd say they have very similar climates, so not so much in that regard. But at UMass in particular, people go to class in sweats. People don't really care how they look. Um, and that was really never me. I always had to at least match. Um, and people don't even care about matching here. Like, people roll up in pajama pants to lecture. And the only people that don't roll up like that are the international students, right? Because they take pride in how they look. Yes. And, like, I just have so much respect for that because if you treat education like a job, you're going to do better at it. So that was my mindset going into college. Um, the one thing I will say is that because I couldn't dress up, workwear blew up for me, right? Because workwear is that, like, casual nice, you know. I mean, I wouldn't say Carhartt pants are nice. I'd say they're definitely casual. Um, but it was just like a you could look put together without overdoing it and sticking out like a sore thumb among sweatpants. Um, I'd say that's definitely because I never wore any of that workwear stuff prior to coming to UMass. It was very, uh, and it is a recent trend, I'd say. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Man's a pioneer. That's crazy. <laughs> You're out here. How did you get into creating? So in all honesty, I never wanted to go to college. Um, I always wanted to go to fashion school. Um, but I was advised that I should go to college so that I could just buy fashion. Um, so I've always, you know, been the kind to like search on the scent sale and search on the match sales and just really like look at clothing nonstop, even though I could never afford it. Um, and then there was just one day where I saw a flannel that was like $500 and I was like, I can make that. I was like, I can absolutely make something that's not $500. It won't have the tag on it, but like, you know, I can do something with it. And I think yeah. after that, I was just like. And, and then the capital jeans were the big thing for me. So the oh, fact that yeah, yeah. they're like, what, $700, $800? I was like, it, yeah, they're incredible. And I was like, I could maybe do something like that. Granted, I didn't know how to sew at the time. Yeah, but it's but, like, how hard could, could it be? Because I've definitely thought that before. Like, I've there's so many times where I've seen things and I'm like, mm, but I could make that. I don't end up doing it. But you, you're, you're one of the special ones because you actually took it into your hands to actually, you know do that for yourself 
it's the one it's the one benefit of COVID, right? Getting locked down and being forced into yes. just creative mode. I started I started with bleach, right? Because it was it was all over my house. It was readily accessible. And then I just had all of these old skinny jeans that I was never gonna fit into or wear again. So I was like, why don't I try bleaching jeans in some weird patterns? And there are so many bleach jeans sitting in my closet because I don't want to waste them, but they are just god awful. <laughs> Excuse me, there's a fat bug. <laughs> and I I really started with bleach, and then I realized that you only really get two colors out of it: white in the original color, and maybe a dull version if you're lucky. Um, so I started, I asked my dad if he could teach me how to sew, uh, because he knew like hand sewing and the projects like capital jeans, they're a little too intricate to hand sew. Um, I'd probably still be working on my first pair if I started last March, if I was hand sewing. Um, so I literally bought like a $20 sewing machine off Amazon or off of like Craigslist or some shit. And I had my friend go with me cause I didn't want to die. And. <laughs> We like picked it up and it was in perfect condition. Like literally some guy was just giving it away because no one ever used it. So I was like, all right, perfect. And it really from there, it just kind of took off into making stuff that I always saw. Like Virgil would make like those um, flannels that were split. And that was the inspiration for those like three that I made. And then the capital jeans obviously are like the holy grail of patchwork. Um, So I started like, you know, basing off like not the pattern so much because I think they're kind of crazy, but the placements and like, the textures and really how something wears down after you wash it and will they blend together after a wash? Will they fade away? Will they rip? Will they fray? There are all these like different pieces that I was trying to just like play with. Um, and that was just definitely COVID and, you know, not having a billion dollars were the two inspirations for getting into clothing. Wow. Definitely. Yeah, I, I found it very interesting when you said that like people advise you to go to university so that you can just buy fashion and then it's like you just took matters into your own hands and you're like "Mm, well I could do both like (laughs) I could graduate and you know have this business running on the side so that's really good for you thank you I actually never intended it to be a business um so that's why I called it Don Green Productions because it was just stuff I was literally producing I never Mm -hmm. had a plan to sell it um and then, like, some guys that, like, had been following me since I had, like, 100 followers, like, over a year ago, DM'd me. And he was like, hey, man, you ever going to sell anything? And I was like, I could do that. I was like, wait, I could actually sell something on this page. Like, I've never thought about that. But, like, that's that's why I don't actually have a business model. It's just whatever <laughs> I feel like producing at the time. I'll be like, hey, does anybody want some of these? And we'll see when we can literally go from there. Awesome, man. Would you ever, like... Attempt, attempt to try and recreate like the capital gene that you mentioned because like I feel like it'd be interesting to see. You know what? If I could source the right fabrics, like the identical fab, that's how like particular I am. I'd have to find like the exact fabrics they used. I'd consider it. I also am like hugely against knockoffs, and I would technically be the knockoffer. And like I don't know how that would sit with me, um, but. I, th- I think maybe one day if I haven't, if we go into lockdown again under another pandemic, you can bet I will make a pair of capital, fake pair of capital jeans. That's for sure. Awesome, man. I'm excited. But like, here's the thing. You're, you're not going to be like advertising them as capital, right? right. So then you're, I, I think like ethically you're in the clear. I don't know. Hey, especially if I'm just doing like one pair. Yeah. Yeah. Might be a good idea. I might have to do that. 
Yeah, why not? So, like, you mentioned, like, with bleaching, bleaching denim, and you mentioned, like, how difficult it is. And that got me thinking about, like, your collaboration with Rocky Clark that happened a month ago, was it? Yeah. Yeah, so how did that sort of, like, collab come to be, and how did you sort of, like, what was the process beyond, behind making those jeans? So, first of all, Joe is one of, like, my favorite people I've met since starting this account. He's one of the nicest guys. He's got such a great mindset. Um, he really is, you know, put the earth first. Um, and I really respect that about him, and he's just also such a nice guy. And it's just kind of been, like, a mutual... Um, just support, really. I mean, he always, they were always blowing up, like, my comments section, and I was always blowing up theirs and back and forth. And then once I started producing clothing, you know, I guess he liked the work that happened. And it got to the point where it was like, all right, like, let's actually, like, sit down and do something. Um, so he sent me, I think it was nine pairs of jeans. Um, and I just, he was just like, go. He was just like, go bleach. And I was like, <laughs> say less. Um, and that was, I really, it was basically as casual as my creative process is. It was just, we thought of something. We were like, oh, wait, this is actually feasible. I, let's do it. Like, let's run it. Uh, and, like, regardless or not, I actually, I don't know how they're doing because I personally don't care. It was the work behind it and just working with Rocky Clark that was just such an honor to be recognized as, you know, an artist. Because I just see myself as some dude that posts on Instagram still. Um, so it's like, and that's how I always do it. I'm just, I'm just some kid posting on Instagram and like, that's, so I was honored just to be even tapped to do something. Yeah. I think it's sick that you got, um, that extra creative ring on it. Like that you're just like, cause I feel like honestly in times when I, um, just go at something and I'm like, okay, let me just see what happens. Like, you know, not really a plan, just like, you know, like just going at it with the creativity. It, it always ends up being probably the best stuff that I've created, right? So it's sick that, you know, you even in a co collaboration, you were able to do that. Yeah, it was, it was, it's like, it's like kind of a, like an honor almost because they trust you with like, yeah. And like, sometimes I don't trust myself and I'll just be sitting there with like two spray bottles of bleach. I'm like, how the hell did I get here? And there's just pants spread out all over my garage. I'm like, I literally sat there, like, it was like an hour four of the bleaching process. And I was, it must have been the bleach fumes because I forgot to open the garage door. But I was just like, yo, I don't know who I had such imposter syndrome. Like, that's really all I could say. Um, it was, it's just, it definitely the bleach, though. Yeah. Now, is it just to see that you, like, you got creative reign? Because, like, with working with larger companies, from what little I know about that, you're not really given much. Like, they're like, oh, you can only do X thing to Y object, and then that's it. Right. But, like, this, like, with smaller grants, it's... Yeah, no, it was definitely just, like, because... I mean, there, there are so many companies out there that, like, it'll take months to get, like, if you listen to, like, the Nike collabs and the Converse collabs, like, it'll take months to years to get products out there, and then sometimes, like, the trends even go on at that point. Um, so, the fact that, like, you know, it was literally Joe's brand, right? Like, Rocky Clark is, is Joe, right? And I'm sure there's some other guys on the team that I don't know, but, like, when he was, like, yo, here, here's some jeans, it's, like, there's pretty much, like, that's all you can do. I, I wanted to uh, patch one up and then bleach but we decided that um focusing the collab on bleach was the the best move and I, I i did agree with that at the end of the day i think it would have been a little ambitious to try to or maybe it would have been a little confusing to the consumer but. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, maybe, maybe like it would, wouldn't be good for time as well. It would be way more time, time, timely. It's timely. The time word. consuming. Yeah. Time consuming. Yeah, yes. timely. I think timely is the right one. Yeah. <laughs> When's the YouTube channel coming? Because I think you'd be a good fit. So I have never dabbled in YouTube before. I learned that Josh had a channel, uh, and then I made an account and I started watching his YouTube because he's very well spoken. Uh, so being on video gets my anxiety through the roof. Now this is this is very casual. This doesn't bother me at all because you guys are great people. Uh, but talking to a camera, like I, I did one take for a YouTube. And it was so god awful. It wasn't as bad as my first podcast. I had a ten season, like a ten episode podcast thing, and each one got progressively better, but they were still all shit. I just I hate the sound of my own voice. So listening to it and like editing it is like torture. Like at, like I would have to just do like Instagram lives, save one run. Like I couldn't I couldn't edit it. I, it would just be too much for me. Mm. Maybe Can one day. Yeah, man, you should consider it though. Yeah, you really should because I was like on, on all on your page and stuff, and then I went on your like to click the link, and I was like, "Where's this guy's YouTube channel?" Like, I, <laughs> I, it just seemed like you give off that vibe that you would have one, just because you have such a like obviously a large selection of clothes, and like you you style them different ways, you pair them different ways, and I feel like that's such a unique thing that you could definitely bring to like the YouTube fashion community. So. I would definitely have to do some more um, diving into the YouTube fashion community because it's bigger than I think I realize. Um, yeah. But I definitely want to see what the you know what else everyone's cooking out there because there's some. I mean, because some people will have like these brands that I just like people just start talking about and I'm like, where did this brand come from and like how do you know it? And they're like, oh, he's a YouTuber and I'm like, oh, that is why I don't know why this brand is important because it's it's YouTube based. But that's it's pretty cool that like. They'll get like thousands of followers, and then just their collections sell out like that, merely because they're just like important on not merely because they're important on YouTube, but it's like the base for like where they. Yeah, no. It's crazy. It's a, it's just like Instagram, bro. Like anything can pop off, you know. And then once it once you get that one like step in the door, it's over. Like it'll never stop. So. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Good place to build a base, I'd say. It's better than like. I'd argue it's better than Instagram, and it might be. It's probably better than TikTok as well. TikTok's so new. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not on TikTok. I, I've I've been fighting it for this whole time, so I, I'm gonna keep fighting it. I'm gonna keep fighting that battle of not joining. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, you mentioned like the collab with Rocky Clark and other stuff like that. But, like, what are some other experiences that stand out since you decided to like create stuff on social media? I think, um, so before I hit 1500 followers, I got featured on found on ground and that was like a, that like blew my mind. Like when I got the notification that it was like Don Green or that found on grail wants to message you. I was like, yo, I was like, it's over. Like, I don't care if I get any more followers. Like I've done my job on Instagram. Like I'm done. And for the post that they did for me, three of them or two of them had my patchwork jeans that I made. So I was like, not only are they picking fits that, like, I'm wearing, but, like, they're picking fits with shit that I make. And, like, I just kind of sat back, and I was like, I don't even want to post anymore. But, like, obviously, like, I'm addicted to it, so, like, I'm going to post every day. But 
It was just, that was yeah. that was probably, deactivate. Yeah, right. I'm done. Off the grid. <laughs> Crazy stuff, man. Yeah, no, that is that is amazing. I feel like you will probably have more moments like that going forward, where it's like, wow, you know what? I could I could stop this right here because this was great and this was like you know this is what I did this for type of thing. Those moments are so good. And they're un- especially when they're unexpected. Like I never I never once thought like I would ever be on Grailed. Nonetheless, like when you got like when you get that first post in like the Friday weekly thing, you're like, yo, that's peak. But when you get like a slideshow, you're like, mm, okay. <laughs> um. A couple of um, last couple of questions here. What are what, what are some things that people don't understand about creating like cut and sew like cut and sew garments? It the price should be more expensive than something you get in store for a number of reasons. I mean, one, I'm a one man operation, right? So I source the clothing, I source the fabric, I put all of the hours into it. Any mess up. I don't have a second base, right? Like I got to fix that and go back on it. I try not to mess up just because of that. Um, but also I'm not Levi's, right? Like I'm not capital. Like I don't have that kind of overhead. So the fact that like, you know, hundred some dollars for a pair of recycled jeans might seem a bit excessive, but A, you're helping the planet and B, you're helping a, a kid, right? Like you're helping some random kid pop off so it's like I think people get I mean I get a lot of people that will DM and be like oh so how much for the jeans and I'll, I'll tell them the price and that radio silence right because you know they're expecting a deal right they, they see someone that doesn't have that name recognition um, and that's honestly like I, I talked to this I talked to a denim cowboy Alex um, and we always have that discussion like you know we can't lower the price because his quality is a hundred times better than mine. Like he, he is the man when it comes, he's the gold standard that I follow. Um, and he'll even say like, it is about the effort you put into it and the time that you put into it. And you are making something that's literally one of one, right? Like there is never going to be another piece out there. So for you to charge that, like a factory can't reproduce that by hand. Like you literally made that and it's gone after you sell it. So it's just the fact that they are all one of ones, I think is Yes. Yeah. And I think just uh, in general, anyone who, you know, ever questions things like that, because with this pandemic, we've seen a lot of small businesses come out. People are being more creative and making things. And, you know, there is a bit of like discourse about like, oh, like small businesses charge so much. And it's like, no, maybe the labor like and the fabrics and materials that go into doing it kind of do cost that much realistically, if we're being fair. And, you know, that's something that I think we just, like, people need to really realize now that, you know, like, when you're buying this item from, from say, like, you, for instance, it's it's not just, you know, like, you had, like, a it made in a factory or something, right? It's a one-in-one piece. So I think that's something that people have to remember and kind of adjust to as we continue to, like, buy from small businesses a little more. I think that's a great point. The one thing I always turn to people and say is, why does New Balance made in America or made in England cost more than a regular New Balance? They, how much are they paying their workers, right? They're paying their workers far more in these countries. Like, that's already messed up as it is, right? Yeah. It should all be more, it should be more expensive because you're, you should be paying those people more in other countries. But it's just like, 
I, I, I am not going to run myself a sweatshop, right? Like I'm not going to give myself sweatshop conditions. So I'm not going to exactly. charge sweatshop prices. Definitely. Precisely. I saw this like post on Instagram. I, it, was on, it was just on some random like page on my explore page. And the post basically said, I don't know who made it okay for hoodies to be like $60 or something like that. And I just commented, I'm like, y'all fast fashion ruined your perspective on what clothes should cost. I got absolutely eaten alive in the comments because people were like, yo, hoodies should be cheap, man. I see it like at Fruit of the Loom for like, or like Hanes for like 30 bucks. Why is Champion charging like 30? Why is like, why are some brands expensive? I'm like, y'all don't, y'all don't even know the half of the situation, right? Literally. It's like, right. There's... They've also never probably seen a Supreme price tag for a hoodie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we know you have. <laughs> one. <laughs> one. Guilty of one Supreme oh. hoodie. Wow. It's actually yeah, in the yeah. car. It's a little too hot for it right now. <laughs> <laughs> If I ever need Supreme, I know who to hit up. At least there's that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Drew sent, what did Drew say? Favorite Don Green quote, quote, measure twice, cut once. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. In and in life, like, you got to be more calculated. Like, you literally have to calculate as much more time than you actually spend on it. Like you can't, you can't just like, sure. I go into projects willy nilly and I have no clue where I'm going, but with every single step, like you can break down into little steps. You've still got to plan everything down to the T or else you're going to get, uh, you're going to get lost. Way to be Drew. I honestly forgot that I said that. So thank you for reminding me. Was that on your, um, on your episode on his podcast? I don't remember where that's from, but I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. That was from the podcast. Interesting, man. Nice. Man, I was saying to Issa literally the other day, I was like, Instagram needs to update so that you can have more than just three people in a live. Because it'd be so sick if we could have, like, you know, like, Drew. Drew could join in. Anyone could join in. And it'd be so much fun. Like, a little party. But Instagram's lame for now. Yeah. Instagram. They heard that, though, so they're going to give an update in, like, a week. Oh. Like, oh, look at this idea we came up with by ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to be, I know they're listening right now, so. I I'm just gonna dip my water and pretend I didn't, you know. I'm addressing Instagram right now. I know you're listening. <laughs> Give a trademark on this, man. At clothing room. At Instagram. Show your face. <laughs> <laughs> they <joke. laughs> Show your face. <laughs> Comment down below. <laughs> oh man, some big brother. Always wanted a big brother. <laughs> um, you mentioned earlier that you were saying that like. It's harder to, like, what did you say exactly? You were saying about, like, how it's difficult to make custom pieces because, like, it's a one-of-one, one and, like, if you if you mess it up, then that's you're pretty much done. Have you ever, like, made a small error in, like, one of, the, one of like, your pieces, and how did you sort of, like... So, actually, the most recent pair of jeans, um, I messed up because I released the hem on a pair of, like, 30-year-old Wranglers, and it basically disintegrated the whole, like, bottom inch of the pair of pants. Like, there wasn't enough jean where, like, the foldover was to hold it, and it just fell apart. So the guy wanted a 32 length, and these were probably sitting at a 28. 
and I was like, that I can't, I, I can't sell that. Like I can't, mind you, he's an international customer, so shipping's gonna cost a freaking fortune just to get it there. Um, so I was like, all right, let, let's see what I can do. So I, I dove into my like pile of jeans that I have just sitting around, and I found one that kind of matched the tone, and I took about five inches off the bottom, and then I sewed it underneath. And they looked awful. Like, when I say they looked awful, like, like, it was just such a... I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know why I thought, like, a solid seam five inches up in the middle of the calf would look remotely good. Um, So I sat down after, you know, he obviously didn't respond to those pictures because they were disgusting. I shouldn't have sent them (laughs) in the first place. And I was like, all right, what can I do to make this a little better? So I came up with a, almost like a circular around the band patch that I was just going to lay over the top. So when there's a whole lot of pair of jeans, I cover it with a patch. I was like, when I make an ugly seam, I'm just going to cover it with a patch. <laughs> um, so now instead of, you know, stupid seams that are hideous to look at, there's a, a band of patches and it almost looks like it's intentional, right? And no one's going to know the difference. Um, so you just got to like, sometimes think outside of the box and sometimes your mistakes lead to more mistakes, but that there's always room for opportunity there. And I think that's like the big takeaway that I got from that. Beautiful, man. Um, last question I have here. What can we, like, what do you, what pieces are you working on? Like on making right now, what can we expect to see from you in the next little while? So today actually just went thrifting. So today I got, I picked up two pairs of shorts, a pair of jorts and a pair of khaki shorts made in Egypt. Um, and these are for a client that I've worked with. Probably he's got like three or four orders with me. He's one of my favorite guys. Um, I don't want to tell the name just yet because when they drop, he obviously he posts them all the time. Uh, but I'm going to be working mostly in patchwork shorts, I think, this summer. I'm also going to probably get back into bleaching because I've been seeing, um, not seeing. I have this vision in my mind that I'm trying to get out. And I want to do some, like, tie-dye bleach shorts um, because I think they're a little bit... I haven't seen them yet, right? Like, I haven't seen anything kind of like that. And I want yeah. To them. You just got me. Like, <laughs> that sounds interesting. I would love to see that. And as far as, like, the far future goes, I want to actually, like, build with more brands, right? So working with Joe was, like, a lot of fun. Um, and to come on board and really work with someone else's vision and see like how I can give my own twist to it is probably yeah. like the next phase of Don Green. I want to like build up a little bit. Definitely. Good stuff. For the, for the bleach, for like the shorts that you're going to be making, are you going to, are you doing, you don't have to share this, but are you doing like denim shorts or like sweat shorts or like chino type material? Honestly, I was thinking all of the above. Um, I was thinking whatever I can get my hand. It's all based off the thrift. So I, I live my entire Don Green Productions life off the thrift. I don't ever buy anything new for it. Um, it's all upcycled. So I am at the I am at the will of the thrift gods. If they want to give me nice sweatshorts, I'll run with it. Um, today I got a nice pair of Wrangler shorts, so I'm, I ran with it. Uh, like it really is whatever I can get. Plus, it's like $5 for shorts this time of year. So, like, send it. Like, literally, I'll just send it. And that's the nice part is it helps keep costs down a little bit. Because buying brand new would be like, you know, 40 bucks for a pair of shorts. Yeah. So, screw that. Of course. Looking forward to the shorts collection. 
Thank you. I look forward to showing you guys. Yes. Yeah. This is kind of just the question, and Jaya will sort of attest at this. How do, how do I style shorts, man? Because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'll tell you. Not with those calves. I get them screwed. <laughs> I'll tell you. Go for like a five or six inch inseam. If five makes you uncomfortable, go for the six inch inseam. You get enough room between your your kneecaps and the shorts, and make sure the shirt isn't too long, right? Like you're you're wearing shorts, we don't want to see it look like a maxi skirt. Not that there's anything wrong with that. You want to rock that. Like I'm all I'm I'll, I'll support you 100. percent But like you know, definitely making sure you don't cover too much of the short is a bit of an issue because you know I, I don't know about you, but I like my button downs a little longer. I like when they don't you know hike up in the back. Um, so finding the right shirt, waistline. You play with the proportions, right? Just like anything else. Um, and definitely thrift them because then you, you're only spending five bucks on shorts. Wash them twice and you'll be good. Like, that's, that's, that's probably how I'd recommend it. Perfect. Plus, anything nylon. Nylon's great in the summer. So get some, like, hiker action in there. You can go gorp cord. Shit, I love some gorp, so. Absolutely. Yeah. I have a pair of... um. What brand are they? I have Lululemon. Yes, I was literally thinking of those shorts. I was like, Isa has these Lululemons that they, they are a little shorter. It distracts, yeah. your, your thighs distract from the calves, so absolutely no problems there. <laughs> yeah, I got those. I have, like, a pair of Dries shorts. I, I Like, I saw them on my Instagram. I got have them on my Instagram. That's all I have. I need to explore shorts more, and I'm too broke to buy Rick right now, so I'm going to see what I can do. Let's go thrifting. They okay, got so. uh, Patagonia baggies. Always a great oh, yeah. one. And the, anything ACG hiking shorts. Uh, they have some nice cargo ones, and they have some nice like flat fronts. I've been eyeing, and I think this might be up your style. I saw some pleated khaki shorts, right? So... Hmm. Instead of the detailing being like pockets or anything, and they weren't just like flat front, they were double pleated front shorts. They were like, I think, six inch inseams. And I was like, those actually kind of distract from anything else on the short, right? Like, it's just, I've never seen pleated shorts before. And I was like, that's that's kind of like a, a neat little twist on them. Interesting. Yeah, I like that idea for Issa, actually. Yeah. Love Sally. Yeah, I, I need to summer style thing. Because it's just not, a, not in a good spot right now. The gym shark stringer. <laughs> this is this is what I'm living in. Wrong <laughs> with that. You gotta gotta flex what you got. Exactly. That's true. That's gotta true. show off the arms. Yes. Because yeah. we're Don. You got some. You sent every pick. <laughs> um. That's pretty much all the questions I have. If anyone in the uh, in the audience has any questions, shoot, and then. That's basically it. This is way more. This is way less nerve wracking than I thought it would be. First Instagram live actually went very smooth. So thank you guys for that. You're welcome to come back anytime, man. Oh, I'd love to. Once yeah, I have yes. that shirt collection done, I'm happy to show you guys some sneak peeks. Awesome. Yes. Man. And Instagram, if you listen in, we need the Instagram live parties so that we can have everyone in here. Six people, ten people. Some pretty solid numbers. I think I went on live once by myself to sew, and I got, like, three heads, and I was like, yeah, three people watched me sew. 
even like I don't know like when I yeah when we go live with this like it's like even if it's just Jaya and I we get like 15 people and that seems like that's like that still still seems like a lot to me because it's like 15 people that's like half a classroom yeah like, 15 people Literally. taking like time out of their day to like watch live is like yeah it's insane I don't think I'll ever get to that people actually want to listen to to me and me and Jaya and like everybody to people chatting I shit. Don't. <laughs> I, I don't hear all the time. I'm just like, really get, like, just be listening to other humans. Right? Yeah. It's different <laughs> like a podcast when like, because Drew's, po- Drew, his podcast, I mean, they blow up. Like, and like, I listen to those on like my drives home from school. Like, they're, they're just fun to like pop in and run with. So like, it's not a bad, it's not a bad medium sometimes. I never thought I'd be a podcast guy. And then, you know, Drew started popping one off and all these people started, um, there's some interesting ones out there. And I was like, Maybe this is not a bad, excuse me, bad genre. And they all do it better than I did, so props to them. Any favorites? Dissect. It's a music podcast. They dive into, like, if you like the history of, like, songs and all the references in mm-hmm. songs, you know, especially for, like, Kanye and Chance and all that stuff, like, he does some fun dissects. I got That's put on that recently. I already listened to, like, ten episodes, so. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Gotta check that out. Yes. Yeah. You should check out um, Modern Wisdom. Okay. Yeah, it's like it's kind of like self improvement type stuff, productivity type type stuff. That that's kind of what I'm into as of late. I really enjoy that one. You should check that out. Oh, I will. Ooh, I think we have a question. Someone said, "What do you think are the best blanks to press on um, for your brand?" So when- I have, I have never done t-shirts. Um, but my favorite blank t-shirts in the world are the Kirkland blank t-shirts. You get them at Costco. They have the best neckline ever. They come in white and black. They're, they're undershirts, but they're, they're thick like regular shirts, so you can literally just wear them around. Uh, the Kirkland blank t-shirts are the best. And Old Man Allen also doubles down on that. He was promoting them for like two weeks on his uh, different sites. And I was like, yes, something I finally agree on you with. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. In terms of blanks, that's a great question. Because like, I don't know, there's a few um, brands that I can think of. But even we, like us looking at blanks as a company, like we've struggled as well to really like, you know, find... um, blanks that we would love that we would actually want to mass produce or like that we would want would want to use um because i i don't know the industry is kind of messy right now when it comes to blanks like i hear a lot about like you know quality like quality control isn't that great with some brands and you know this or that but if the kirkland works by all means i should have i should go get some of those (laughs) even just like they're they're thick so like they're like my winter sleepy shirts too like they're just Ooh. they're just straight up they're just cozy like they're just they're just my yeah favorite. and honestly sometimes i think with how and i have heard that you know working with blank t-shirts can be a, a pain in the ass and sourcing them that honestly going for the irs are so much more interesting right so if there is a blemish on them or if there is a difference in fabric, that yeah. it's it's intentional. You're making it intentional. Like you're rolling mm-hmm. with the punches, and you're also saving money because they're IRs. But you're also like they were just going to get thrown out. So it's like, why not make them each have a little bit of character, right? That's always something I was I thought of if I was going to do t-shirts, which 
I'm hoping I don't, but part of me always wants to. Part of me always wants to, but I don't have a, a little presser, so I'd have to outsource. So mm. We'll see. Um, for t-shirts, from um, I think the tag says like that means anything. I think it's like construction, like workwear type brand. I really like that. I don't know if it's like if you can find it anywhere, but I, I think the brand is still running. I'm not sure, but that could be good as well. Interesting. And it sounds like it might be a Canada thing because we have like <laughs> we only have like a couple like random non Carhartt and Dickies construction brands down here. Y'all have like hundreds of them in Canada. I'll see like made in Canada on all those tags and I'm like, well it makes sense. They're just, you know, quality garments. Yeah. <laughs> Someone said, Do you think setting a budget for a brand is good for starting a brand? A thousand percent. Yes. You have budget to budget yourself I- out to avoid mistakes and to avoid um something that you'll regret <laughs> which is losing your money. <laughs> And budget your mistakes, right? Because then if you don't make the mistake, you just got money put back in your pocket. Yes. So like that, that, was the, that was the key for me. It's like, how much are you willing to waste on basically sampling, right? Like, how much are you willing yeah. to waste? And from there, you just, like, you run with it. That's definitely, de- definitely important. Facts. Yeah. Are you guys going to do some, like, clothing room merch? I think that's something that's got to go. That's Disclosed a- information. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I think that that's something we might explore because we, like, uh, I don't know, there's so many ideas flying around on this side of the camera, like, and we just, like, we're trying to get things in motion, and it's, like, but at the end of the day, we have, like, the certain goals that, you know, we want to do, and I definitely, like... I've been coming up with designs and stuff and with like our boss or whatever, but we're just not sure when exactly. So, so I said sure. un- undisclosed because I, I really don't know right now when that will happen, but we do want to do it. Love that. I love that. Yeah. Also, if the person who asked the question about the blanks is in Canada, Denver Hayes is on marks.com. And it's called the 50 Wash Classic Fit Crew Neck T-shirt, I believe. And they're on sale as well. So if you want to have fun. Yeah. Lovely. Any other questions? I saw one pop through that was like, what helps you with your creative process? Yes. What helps you with your creative process when it comes to making stuff? Consistency. Forcing yourself to create even when you don't feel creative is the most important thing. There are days you got to sit down, whether it's at the sketchbook or at the sewing machine or at the bleach station, and you just literally have to do it even if you don't want to. Even if you're not in the mood, like, getting into a routine of doing it will... It's like one of those, like, it's a flat line versus that little, like, parabola. At some point, your consistency will pay off and the work will just skyrocket in quality. I'm still waiting for it to skyrocket in quality, but the consistency... The more you put in, the better it'll get. For sure. I agree with that a thousand percent. Because, I mean, I, Issa can probably attest to this. I am, like, one of those creative people who, like, I will constantly start stuff, doesn't get finished. Because I I won't be consistent with it. Like, I'll be so excited about it. 
and it'll stay in my mind for so long afterwards, but it will, I, I just won't be consistent with it. And I think that's the soup. That's the key to reaching quality is that you will, you know, once your practice makes perfect, right. So being consistent with what you're doing, like that's how you're going to become successful from it for sure. Like this diagram in this book, I don't know if that's like reversed for you guys or if you guys can read that. Yeah, I can see that. That exact diagram is what I was thinking of. Yeah, habits. I don't know what that's from. I saw it on an Instagram post on Explorer page. So, (laughs) wow! 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 You need the library or Google when you have these. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Um, Do you think running a brand is easier when having a team or not? If so, what type of people do you think you should have around to help you? I think that depends on who you are personally. You know, what you have to bring to the table. And if you know people, you know, if you have friends who you think like, oh, yeah, they're really good at this or this. And I like I might need that. Then I think that's the best thing. Like people who you vibe with, who understand your creative direction. Um, But if you're the type of person who like you want to work alone and, you know, like Dawn, for instance, like, you know what you're doing. Right. So. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh. I think, like, sometimes partnering, when you bounce ideas off each other, you can even get better ideas. Sometimes you're literally bouncing ideas off your own mind. Literally bouncing ideas off my skull, and I'm like, this is going nowhere. Uh, so sometimes I wish there was another creative person nearby that I could do that with. But then also you got to, like, make sure they're accountable and make sure that they're going to, you know, live up to your standard. And if there's a difference of opinions, can you resolve that? And those are things I'm not good at. And doing yeah. with other people, so that's why I chose chose to work alone. It was also that's just the trajectory it took, right? Who knows in the future if someone else will come around? I'm always open. I have to change the name. Um, what are some great creators that make fashion and art that you think are underrated? Denim Cowboy, for sure. I mentioned him before. Denim yeah. Hugely underrated. Um, I try not to follow... This sounds bad. I try not to follow a lot of creatives um, because I think it mucks up the vision I'm going for. Um, and sometimes I see what other people are doing and I'm like, oh, maybe I should do that. And it really takes away from like what's in my head. Um, and that might be bad because I know one of the recommendations from like all successful businesses is don't cut out your competition, competition, creativity. There's no competition, but like, don't cut out the other people. And I am guilty of doing that. Um, but I don't know if you guys have anyone I should follow. I would love some recommendations. Anyone yeah. in Canada? We love Canadians. So it's- yes, we, I definitely need to do post soon on some creatives from Canada. Literally just gonna be like five pictures of Issa in that brick wall. <laughs> oh man. An iconic brick wall. I know every yes. time I'll just be like scrolling through and I'll see the top of the wall. I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah. a brick wall. Oh man. Um I'm trying to think of some creatives as well. Um, I think that someone who, a friend of mine, um, at Pandemonium, 
Her name's Moma, Monica. Yeah, she has shot Malibu um, and her page as well. I love both of them. I think she's really good at what she does. So definitely her. Uh, what are some things that, do you think, what are some things you need to do to be a successful creator? I think it, uh, be unique and stay true to yourself, truthfully, is what it is. You have to, like, if you know what you're bringing to the table versus other people, be confident in that and own it and, you know, take that forward with you and just be, be yourself and be a hundred on what you, what your goals are. Exactly that. Create good work often rather than creating perfect work. Yes. Yeah. Things sometimes, don't need to be perfect. Yeah, sometimes you're going to think your work is trash, and then other people are going to think it's your best work. So don't be too critical of yourself. Like, just because you didn't get that vision perfect doesn't mean you. Because if you shoot for the moon, you'll land on clouds. And that's still, yeah. You're still up there. So. And I think one thing we need to also, creatives really need to remember this is that the vision that you have. Um, no one else knows about it. So whatever you create, even if it doesn't match your vision 100%, people are still going to see it and, you know, they're going to understand maybe the gist of the vision or whatever. And it's, it's, it's going to be 100% to them. If it's not 100% to you, it's going to be 100% to them because they they don't know what your exact vision was to begin with. And Drew makes a great point. Like, don't be afraid to fail. Yes. That is like, if you are afraid to fail, you will never try. So mm -hmm. try, try your heart out and you'll get somewhere. Just get anywhere. I saw this ad for like Toyota on YouTube. And then like, the end of it was like, you don't have to like be amazing to start, but you do have to start to be amazing. I love that. Okay, Toyota. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love that. That's true. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you guys the link. It's really <laughs> great. <laughs> Sponsor the pod. Um, how do you think is the best way to expand your brand and your page? Hashtag this app right here, Instagram. Yes. Yes. Hashtags took me from engagement. Yes. Yes. Be nice to people on the platform, and then they'll they'll push your content. You push some of theirs. Yep. Yeah. Benefit. See, it's a community, you know, so we all benefit from each other and we all work together to uh, keep the buses running and keep the streets clean. <laughs> I think it's funny because sometimes you'll see that account that will follow you over and over and over again just to get you to follow back so that in a week they can unfollow you. And like at first, like when you're a small account, you see that and you're like, I don't know what to do here, but, like, after a while, you stop. You're like, all right, you're clearly not a part of this. And, like, then you'll meet people who actually are, like, all of these great people. So, um, like, that's kind of funny that you said that, Dawn, because I feel like I followed you more than once before um, because I knew you were on Issa's podcast, so I followed you. And then I think I saw a picture of you, like, another day, and I was like, who's this white guy? I was like, I have no clue who this is. So I unfollowed you. And then I saw, like, um, we, like, I saw Issa post you in his story or something. And I was like, oh, like, he's, he's one of those. So then I followed you again. But, yeah, I don't, I hope that you didn't think I was just, like, you know, trying to get this. <laughs> no, no, they were like, no, I actually saw it today. I, like, for, like, the fifth day in a row, this guy, like, followed me, which meant he unfollowed me later. And I was like, 
dog, if I wanted to follow you back, like, sometimes I just don't know who people are based off, like, their, like, profile pictures, but, like, I'll actually know them, and, like, that's, like, on me, because I'm just a dumbass, but, like, (laughs) if I can clearly see you bouncing back and forth, like, I'm not about that, like, you won't get me there. Oh, what do you think is the best way to get your family on board with your dream to be a part of the fashion world and being a creator? Yeah, sometimes you can't, straight up. <laughs> so, sometimes you just can't. Sometimes you really um, just can't. And it sucks, right? Sometimes you're the only person that believes in your dream. Um, but making the most of it and realizing that they want the best for you and they just may not see that this is what you truly love is hard to convey. But you show them that first check that means something and they might just change their mind, you know? Yeah. If you grind hard enough and multitask and make it, make it be able to be your number one thing. Yes. They won't be able to fight that, you know? Yeah. When it comes to family, that's definitely a tough thing with fashion because like, I feel like that is a, a tale as old as time, you know, like kids wanting to get into fashion and their parents being like, no (laughs) you know what I mean like so I I think that what we can remember though is that even like if you know your family doesn't approve of it move in silence like the G and lasagna move in silence don't even tell them just do your thing do what you do what you need to do build your stuff and you know they will have their piece to say but meanwhile you're going to be soaring so just you know sometimes you don't need to tell your family like that you're doing something that you know you're passionate about but they wouldn't respect and that's just that you know yeah it's not like you're doing crack cocaine like you're making fashion like you can you can you can hide some things because that's not a bad thing to you know keep to yourself like it's not a drug addiction you're okay to do fashion i promise yes it might be a drug addiction i don't know but fashion's i i find it fashion's kind of a drug you know in a way (laughs) it is oh my gosh yeah. Shopping is an issue for me. That that is the issue. That is for real. Yes, that is definitely the real issue. If thrift stores were open in Toronto right now, it'd be bad Are news for not? my bank account. They're not. Nothing is. Nothing is really open here. Oh wow! Here I yeah, thought we're we really struggling. <laughs> Montreal has a curfew. So I think it's getting lifted soon, but they had a curfew. Yeah, we had like. People get fined for being in cars together, even with masks on, or, you know, if you go to a park, like, say the three of us were at a park right now, and we don't look like we live in the same house, and the cops pull up, they can, they can fine us. I think it's, like, $400. I don't know, but it's ridiculous. Yeah, not even, not even in a park, so, yeah, wow. there's we some raw stuff. The mask ban lifted next week. Wow. Mask-free country out here. God bless us all. Yes. <laughs> yes to that one. Yeah. We just got to hold out until, what is it, June 2nd when the lockdown lifts, and then hopefully some degree of normalcy. Yes. So. Over a year of lockdown. I know. Crazy. It's been really, really bad in Toronto. Like, in, in our province, like, it's just been shitstorm. You don't even hear about that because, like, other places are popping off worse. But, like, I didn't even I know, know. it was that bad. Yeah, I know. I saw there was a podcast that I saw some and 
um, Charlemagne the God. And he was talking about, he was like, yeah, like, it's kind of depressing that, you know, they've been in the house and they have summer, like, you know, only four months and we're still in lockdown. I was like, that's so true. We don't even have summer four months. It's like three of good weather. And then, you know, we're, it's, you got to bundle up or you got to stay inside. You want to be inside because it's cold as hell. And being in this pandemic, being in this lockdown for so long, mental health is just, everyone is, it's down. We're all down. Hey, at least your country believes that mental health is real. So that's a W. We don't have that. We don't have that luxury. That's Damn. You yeah. had to be so straight up there. As a psychology major, we do not have oh, adequate okay. mental health. Like, yes, congratulations, though. for So you, you, you graduated with a, a BA in psych? BS. BS. Wow, 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 wow. That's crazy good. What do you want? Do you do you think you might want to do anything with that, or are you just gonna try and pursue fashion? So I did one round of applications to medical school, and it was tough. Um, so I'm taking two gap years. Gonna retake my MCAT. Gonna retake, uh, do some more work in some hospitals, and give it a go in two years. So hopefully, hopefully doctor. But but you know. That's amazing. Shooting for a psychiatrist. We'll yes. Oh. Yeah. Wow. 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 That's so good. Good for you. Thank you. Wow, I feel like maybe I've been psychoanalyzed through this whole entire podcast now. Me too. Every, every time I say that I do that, it's the next thing that comes. That it's the next thing people say. <laughs> I, you know what? I know that because I am. I I did a minor in psych. So whenever someone would ask me what he studied, I did a major in sociology, and then I did a minor in psych and a minor in human resources. And they'd be like, "Psych? Oh, don't psychoanalyze me." And I'd be like. I don't want to expend the energy to do that. It is so hard. Yeah. I don't want to read every nitty gritty detail. Like I promise, like, I could. But like, where's the fun in that? I think on psych class, I totally understand what you guys are going through. <laughs> hey, sometimes that's all you need, though, is like a little bit of exposure, and you're like, honestly, things make more sense now. Like I yeah, understand why people like, act stupid sometimes. It's like, oh, so. That's from my childhood. Understood. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah, right. Sigmund from Freud. Everything's from trauma. my childhood. Uh, uh, are we getting uh, questions in? I think we got all the questions out. Drew Joyner said, ha ha. Happy we made you laugh. <laughs> we got you, King. <laughs> <laughs> well, this all was right. a pleasure. I was very, Good. thank you so much for having me on. Um, this was so incredible, and you guys are, you guys run a great show. You're lovely to talk to. I'm shocked that you did this for an hour, to be honest. Yes, awesome. you're, I was shocked too. You're lovely to talk to as well. Such an easy conversation, easy going guy. I'm happy we had you on. Oh, well, thank you very much. And I look forward to showing you the uh, future collections coming yes. soon. Yes, can't wait to see the shorts. I'm very excited about that tie dye idea. So. Yeah, I can't wait to show you. Awesome. All right. Have a, have a great rest of your day, guys. Yes. Thank you, everybody, for joining in. We've had Don Green on here, and we'll be back with another podcast, hopefully, next week. Um, yeah. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Good stuff.